You join us as Tash is preening herself. <laughs> it's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> well, I didn't think it did. I was, I... <laughs> is it just me that's got that really dirty mind? Yeah, then? I think so. Yeah, okay, that's just you. If you if you like to you know leave a comment letting us know whether or not you have the same dirty mind, then do, and then we'll find <laughs> out. Uh, what our audience is really like. Um, right, welcome. To... <laughs> I hope they're a bunch of dirty <laughs> bastards because otherwise they won't get my sense of humour. <laughs> welcome to uh, Murdering a Podcast. Uh, we are kind of going to get straight into it today because we're doing some interesting stuff this afternoon. We're, uh, we are starting to plan out uh, a a murder mystery game for our business, which means that we need to get on and and make this podcast so that we can get on with that as well. But it's all very exciting stuff. Uh, so without further ado, here's the titles. Welcome to Murdering a Podcast, two writers' journey to produce a narrative murder mystery. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Murdering a Podcast. Um, this week, research. We were going to talk about uh, about research and what we're doing. Um, I don't do a lot of research, actually. Oh, um, oh I do. Yeah, no, I, this is why it's going to be an interesting <laughs> chat. So mm. uh, let's start off by how do you start then um, to uh, – and what point do you do research? Do you do, you do uh, I want to do thing A, therefore I have to go and look at thing A, or I've got an idea for this and that and this, and now I have to go off and research those three things first. I kind of start with the research and then decide what I'm going to write from the research. Okay. So it tends to be, I will look for an idea that I want to base it on. So I've been researching human behavior. That's one of my special interests is human behavior. Um, and I've hyperfixated on forensic psychology at the moment. And um, there's a, yeah, there's some really, really interesting thing, ideas in terms of the history of psychology. And um, as I started sort of going into forensic psychology, I started looking into feminism within psychology and how feminism and psychology really don't go together <laughs> in the slightest. Um, well, we're both, but then we're I both quite interested in that sort of human behavior stuff i think we probably come, approach it from different angles but yeah we've, we've both touched on it in various different different ways yes i just had a cat attack my curtain from the background i look what the fuck's going on <laughs> hello baby hi you coming here to gonna be on the podcast beb give a nice big meow oh for once you're quiet so there whenever i loving the microphone whenever i uh look at uh behavior it turns i've i've read a lot of sort of uh, behavioral economic stuff yes. I, I find that fascinating that you know why we buy things why we uh, what our motivations are which uh, for, for um, in fact you, you might have heard about this stuff because it's the sort of thing that uh, make, makes uh, supermarkets put stuff on specific shelves yes because uh, casinos do the same thing as well they have things in a certain order so that it draws you in Ikea is just one big psychological research <laughs> in a building where they trap you and you're wandering around for hours with trying to find the exit. You have to go past every single item in the whole shop before you get out in the hopes that you'll buy something. Yes. Yes. Ikea is, is, is particularly <laughs> uh, bad for it. But the, the, the government also has a nudge unit as well. And we're not the only government in the world to do it either. Um, and they're using those sort of behavioral 
things um, as well. So there's there's it's all over the place at the moment. And to get a bit of an understanding about how that works and why it does some of the things that it it, it does, I just find you know that's that's really interesting. There's also a free thing on uh, that's run by Ogilvy Consulting uh, called. I always think of War of the World. I know you Ogilvy. do. I can't. I can't not. <laughs> I can't not. Uh, called Nudge Stock, which you can go up and, and, and you can watch online on YouTube for free if you just Ooh. type in Nudge Stock. But it's got talks from various different people about various different behavioural economic things that you know um, mm. so that yeah that's that's really interesting but i suppose for me that's really where the research comes into play it's on on behavior and on how people will will react in certain situations um, i tend to I, again i i approach it from a different angle but when it comes to behavior i i look at it for characterizations um, so that I can create psychometric profiles on all of my characters mm -hmm. so that I know how I can create that unique voice and why this person might do something bad or why that person might do something stupid. <laughs> um, and so I've read something called Six Minute X-Ray by Chase, hold on, Chase, Chase Hughes. I think you mentioned this before, actually. And I, yeah, yeah, I will sing the praises of this book mm -hmm. because it, it, it's really insightful. Um, and it goes into sort of things like locus of control what that actually means things like how we view the world and how that affects us like the four different lenses um and how that helps you predict how people might behave um and particularly for deception detection because when i'm writing murder mysteries i want you to know when my characters are lying by listening carefully to what they say um you may have just given away all of the <laughs> <laughs> but you, well, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing because, again, it's about listening skills. Because mm. you know, we we there's there's this big thing that we say, oh, that's something eighty odd percent of our um, no ninety something percent of our uh, communications is nonverbal, and only a small proportion is verbal. That's how we view the world. I think that's more of a neurotypical version. Neurodiverse people tend to be about one third of everything. We tend to listen a little bit more of what people are saying. And I think because sometimes people don't think about what they're saying. Sure. They tell you more than they realize yeah. about themselves. Yeah, I think you're probably um, right, actually, yeah. And you can sometimes just tell that some, you know, you can you can tell more about what somebody by the choice of words that they use in something. It's why I'm always so careful about the words I use now. Um, but it's 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 fascinating. The more I got into it, the more I was like, oh, that's a good idea for a character, and it just helps me create characters. And mm. the more I've learned about behavior. Um, and I started going into behavior control and, and, and learning about manipulation techniques to avoid it happening to me uh, again. And, <laughs> and which is great. It drives you insane when you can see it, but like, cause you're going, that is so manipulative. And other people are going, no, it's not. And you go, oh, it really is. Um, but it's one of those things is it's, I learned about it so that I could create, put it into my characters and it, the side effect is that it, it, it protects me a little bit more in terms of I can see those manipulation techniques coming off a mile away. Yeah. Um, but it also has inspired a lot of, of stories. So, yeah, the one that I'm writing now um, is about behavior and psychology. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's and, and it's got a lot to do with the 
history of how psychology has been used, but then taking that to the extreme. And that's all I can say, I think, without giving too much away of the plot. I think that's that's Because there's so much... Yeah, there's too much in... Because it's one of the... I'm one of those people that I... I am the Tom Holland of of the thing where you have to just not tell me what the freaking plot is because otherwise I'll just tell tell everyone. Yeah. Um, And that that really sucks as the writer because I just have a hat and people go, oh, tell me about your show. Oh, this is the murderer. I I know what you mean. Once you've done something, once you've written something, you just want to tell everybody about everything to do with it. And there are some things you need to hold back, you know, being a a mystery writer. I mean, I'll mention things um that i yeah i i mentioned uh the custard thing the custard incident in episode <laughs> one i'm not going to go too far into that because i think there's there's stuff in there that that is is funny and i don't want to kind of step on the joke for when people actually hear it but yeah. um just listen for the custard <laughs> yes. and broccoli is mentioned in mine at least once i did actually manage to sneak sneak broccoli and that will make sense when you listen to it i snuck broccoli it does contain nuts um <laughs> We we the the we decided with the um, warning, so the trigger warning, that um, each episode it's going to get slightly longer and more bizarre, and, and yes, um, something silly is going to happen in in each episode. Yeah. Just because you know it's fine having these things, but you also want to set a tone for the episode as well, and and so mm. it it's sometimes it's difficult with when you're just doing a voice if it's a mm. thing on the front of a, a TV program. You'll ignore it because then the titles start and then you would start to enjoy the TV program. When it's a minute, it won't be a minute, but, you know, when it's 20 seconds at the start of a of, of an audio thing, you're listening to that. It's going straight into your head and it sort of sets yeah. the tone before you get to the fact, the, the actual tone that you want to set. So, yeah, yeah. I can see that's... Uh... So, yeah, that I mean... But- yeah, so with a lot of the, we were talking about the research side in terms of how I research. So I, I like with my last, I'll talk about Big Girls Don't Cry because that one's one that's been done and written okay. and been out and yeah. we've performed it. So I wanted to do something set in the 1920s and somebody talked to me about an idea of somebody who was incorrectly accused of a crime. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking through and I found sometimes my research will be on things like true true, true crime. So a lot of my murder mysteries are inspired by things that have actually happened, sometimes loosely, sometimes not so much. And this one was about a, um, I think it was the girlfriend. (laughs) The mistress was um, accused of murdering her lover. And it was somebody else. I think in the, in the actual story, it was, it was, um, the wife or something, but the mistress ends up getting arrested and hu- and hung essentially. Oh wow! Okay. I think in the real story, in the true life story, yeah. um, but she gets framed. And I thought, wouldn't that be a really good starting point for a murder mystery, Would. where you think you have your killer, but the detective <laughs> time goes, actually, this person's innocent. The real killer's in here, yeah. and then the person you think kill because we kill off the 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 suspect mm-hmm. quite early on. Um. And the audience are like, oh, shit, <laughs> who's it now? Um, but um, and then they've got to figure it out. So and we again, a lot of that research goes into um, especially particularly with live shows, uh, the interaction elements. So we do a lot of training with our killers. Um, not They're not real killers. Just in case any police are listening, we don't actually kill anyone. It, we're not that method. tempting at times. Are we? No. 
no it is tempting at times but we don't um but yeah so so we've um so we'll I'll look like when I'm looking at the killer I think right okay well how is that killer going to behave mm. um mm. you know what we want to do is is we want to again a lot of this is teaching people so we want to teach people how to um, spot lies and the first thing we want to teach people is there is no such thing as deception detection in order to be good at telling uh, uh, deception detection you have to understand the deception ex- detection doesn't exist which sounds like a oxymoron, oxymoron yeah <laughs> yeah um it's stress detection that's all you're doing is stress okay. detection so all of our actors all of our characters live characters will lie so what we do is we train them in deception clues um but not in terms of how to spot them or how to hide because you can't hide deception clues unfortunately it's impossible um all you can do if you as you learn about deception clues you just get more paranoid that you (laughs) you get really paranoid because you realize that very few people know how to actually tell the difference you know to actually know what deception clues are Um, i've thought this before because there's been several uh things that have been on you know like uh, uh, there's a court case and you have to at the end of the court case you have to decide who is it that that's you know was the person guilty or not and it's hit and miss you know the the, the when audiences protested it's like 50 50 come back uh, you know guilty or innocent so yeah i think do you know who the worst statistically do you know who the worst people are at telling the difference between truth and lies is it mormons no, it's the police. <laughs> <laughs> so they did a study. They've done studies on this. Right. Um, like Paul Ekman did massive studies on it. So Paul Ekman is is like the guy who discovered micro expressions, right? Um, and universal emotional expressions. So there are seven universal emotional expressions, and then within those seven expressions, Sleepy, there are then dopey, dopey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then you've got these subcategories. So, for example, happy. Right. Um, <laughs> that was the next happiness. one I was going to say. I yeah. just, you know. Or joy, <laughs> happiness um, within that. So, for example, you'd have the smile. But then you've also got something like 126 different types of smiles. Right. But only, oh, God, how many of them? I think six are actually um, friendly. Okay. The rest oh, oh, right. are a sign of, the, yeah, like are either aggression. Oh, they could be aggressive smiles. They could be um, covering smiles. So right. when someone's sad, they do a covering smile. I think it's called the De Chanel smile, which is De Chanel. I get Zoe De Chanel mixed up with the smile, but <laughs> um, she's she's gorgeous. Um, but uh, it's the Dechelle de Chanel. I can never pronounce it. But it's um, a particular smile that's the real thing. I'm going to look it Chanel up. Chanel number it. smile. I, smile. Um, de Ch- not a, I, not I can't a good gag. De Ch- I, can't, I can't spell. Um, uh, not Zoe. Duchenne. Duchenne. Not Duchenne. Duchenne. The Duchenne smile. That's what it's called. The Duchenne smile. Right. So the Duchenne smile is the only true, genuine show of happiness. Okay. okay. Like the only true smile. And it is really hard to fake. Only like trained actors can fake a real smile. It's the hardest facial expression to fake. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Mm. And so I know all of these random things. <laughs> <laughs> They're useless in most. Pulling us back onto the topic, mm. 
So you you're using all of this in in your research. What yeah. where do you start? Do you start with character or do you start with idea about what you want? Always character. Always character. Always character. Always character. Always character. So I'll create the first couple of characters and that's usually what gives me my storylines. I might start with a title. Okay. Sometimes. So with this one it was the curious case files of uh, Kiltondale. Sometimes I'll start with a concept. With this one, I think it was that was different um, from the last time we said it. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Every time I hear it, it sounds wrong. It just probably, but I, I, again, it depends on the story. I mean, I guess it does depend on the story because sometimes I'll start with a title. Sometimes I'll start with a character. Yeah. Um, it might be that I I have an idea of of a particular character. Like with this one, with was um Dick. Dick Ramdas was my was my first character that I created mm. in my head. Mm. Um, Dick, Connie, Connie Lingus, and uh, Poppy Cox were the f- the key characters that I had in my head when I started writing this script. Sure. And then for the detailed storylines, I need to write the characters before I can write the storylines because all of my stories are character driven. Sure, sure. If that makes sense, it does. It does. It does. I do start at different points depending on the storyline and depending on what inspires me. Because sometimes it is the title, sometimes it is a very, very loose concept, and sometimes it's the the characters. But I never sit and write a script without a full character dossier for the main characters. Because I'm doing slightly different, and, and you know, I said at the beginning of, of this, I don't really do research. Well, that tends to be because the research has been done in my head over many months or years or whatever. And I'll, I will pick stuff that I have been interested in in a while to fit into the next script that I write. Mm. So it might be that I've watched, I mean, I've watched a lot of time team recently and there is at least two things in not episode two, but the the idea I've got for episode three for Peregrine Mm. and Windsor, which have come directly from things I've heard on time team. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just, it's, you will hear something and that will spark a bit of interest and you'll either go and read about it or you'll go, right, next time I'm going to write something then, then I, I, I will read about it. Um, but because of the, the type of show I'm putting together, which I mean, they're similar, but different, the, the things that we're doing, um, I'm focusing much more on the, the kind of the, the, the detective's journey, I suppose you'd call it, although it's not really a, there is a story structure called detective's journey and it's not that. Uh, it's <laughs> the journey of our two detectives. Yeah, you follow so. the detectives rather than the victim. Sure. Because, I, yeah, I yeah. tend to flick around with between characters, yeah. whereas you tend to stick to the, the detectives. Well, I'm going, I'm going very sitcom and sitcom mm. is you get your characters right to begin with and then you throw them into situations. But you only have... A handful of characters to begin with, you know, and that's it. So I've really I've only got Peregrine and Windsor, and perhaps you know the the, the Doctor will show up once a week because the Doctor has to show up once a week, and the, and the uh, police officer will show up once a week because the police officer has to show up once a week, and so on and so forth. But, I've got about twenty characters in my yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, you're using them all in different ways as well, though, aren't you? Because you're yeah. building a, a very, bigger very thing. Different. Whereas I'm building, I suppose that the the core of it is quite small. Uh, but you could call back to something that that, that may or may not have happened. Uh, in episode one, or something that that 
could have tangentially happened in episode one. But it does mean that mm. by the end of the episode, you can basically reset everything to the beginning and you can go again, which kind of lends itself quite well to that kind of Sherlock Holmes structure of, uh, of stuff anyway. You know, you could read the Sherlock Holmes stories and it doesn't really matter what order you put them in, bar a few of them which tell you, oh, well, now Watson's married or something like that. Yeah. You've always got that, like with the Sherlock Holmes things, you've got the underlying sort of storyline that carries on, but then the main storyline is just reset, whereas mine is all interlinked and interwoven. Mm. As you carry on, you you find more more links, more and more links, and what you thought was completely random actually wasn't. Um, So much foreshadowing in mine. Like at the moment, once I've done my linguistics editing, I'll, and th- again, going back to the things like research, I'm I'm researching linguistics at the moment. I'm right. learning about linguistics mm-hmm. so that I can get those voices right. I am such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I am such a nerd. Do you think I go into too much detail? <laughs> I, we actually that that's an interesting question because I think the answer to that is you need to go into the amount of detail that you need to go in to be able to do the thing that you need mm. to do, and if that means for you you don't need to do a lot like like I'm doing I guess uh, then that's fine. But if you do need to do a lot, that's also fine. It's it, everybody has different ways of doing it. You'll get people because like uh, Neil Gaiman who's who's talked about. Uh, story before and having structures and things like that and says that he's worried that if he tried to figure it out, I I think it was him who said that, that that it would kill off the thing that he was able to do in the first place. Mm. Um, And then I'm I'm kind of in the middle of all of of that because I do do some planning. I said do do because I do. We do. (laughs) (laughs) I do some planning. We are children. We are, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do some planning. So in my head, I mean, often the stuff that I plan out is a joke. Like I've got a joke for episode two that I know I want to put in episode two that I figured out about three months ago, and that's still in mm. my head. But and and the fact that it is still there and I can still remember it kind of makes me feel like actually that's one of the ones that's going to land when it gets through the whole process of being written and and the, the whole um, uh, reading process Editing. and actually going on yeah. to, uh, to audio and people actually then listening to it, that's probably going to land. Otherwise, it wouldn't have stuck with me for that long. See, I, I get a joke and I have to write it down. Otherwise, I lose it immediately. <laughs> like, if I don't write everything down, it just goes. Like, I can remember random facts but can't remember. My, my cat is proper like, hi, mum, I love you. She's like up on my lap today. It's because you're um, giving attention to something else, isn't it? I am. Lie down, baby. Lie down. Lie down. Good girl. Um, but yeah, I mean, I tried when, because if you remember the first first version of these scripts, I actually tried to do less planning because mm. we thought it would be quicker and it just took me longer. And I ended up having to scrap the scripts because I got stuck because I was like, I don't have enough material planned. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, for, for yeah. you, that's the way you do it. That's the way you work. And that's perfectly fine. And yeah, uh, but I think to, people do get hung up on trying to find the next way of doing things. So we, we were talking about mm-hmm. research this week, but we've talked about story structures before and we've talked about, you know, character creation before. It's the same 
process. You know, the way that I uh, I research gives me enough information to do the thing that I need to do. And the way that yeah. you research gives you the, the enough information about the things that that you need to do. Um, I also really enjoy doing the research. And, though, and that's another thing. That's another thing. But it, it's very, also very easy to get to, to that point where, and again, I mentioned this in a, in a previous episode where I've seen people who have, have gone, I want to write a, you know, the next fantasy epic. And they've spent 10 years working on the world that they're going to, to do. And then they have done no actual writing whatsoever. Uh, oh, and yes, it's I very, know. very easy to do that. Very easy to go down that, that rabbit hole. I know someone like that. My cat's just turned upside down, so her bum's in the air. <laughs> so I look down, I've just got cat butt. Um, yeah, I, I get that one because I know people like that. They'll. I think you've got to find the balance that you want, the balance that's that's right for you. Because if, you, like you said, some people will just plan and plan and plan and plan and plan mm. and never get that that time together to then sit and write their actual story mm. and it, it's this is why I like to have um a specific approach to planning so I, I I have a different approach depending on what I'm writing and I think we're mentioning it earlier in our meeting with 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 our other director um Avadney where we were talking about sort of structuring things and I said well I structure how I plan my life shows as I'm writing them very sure. differently to how I plan writing a podcast. And again, that will be very different to how I plan writing uh, home games um, because they all require different elements. They look different. They have different structures. Mm. The same story mm. structure is the same. The same story structure is the same. <laughs> the story structure is the same each time. But, but the way the, it's presented isn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very different. So mm. therefore, the way I plan can be very, very different. But I have, I create templates for myself that I then, that have set questions that I know I need to know. Now, do you do that in, so if somebody wanted to follow that as a process, you yeah. do that in either, you know, Word, Google Docs, something like that, right? Yeah. I, I like Word because you can create forms and you can do drop downs and you can put little sort of, if you go onto the developer thing in Word, you can create a form filling thing that you can put as a template so that it only tell you know, some things you can do drop downs to make it easier. So um, if you know you only want to select from a limited number of answers, you can do that. Um sometimes I've got just a space where if I need a little bit detail of what I want to put in that box, I can put a description in there. So yeah, I use, I use word. Um, and essentially what I do is I'll, I'll, I'll create my key characters. I'm looking to see if I've got anything actually that's, that's two hand. That's not going to give too much away. I'm only have <laughs> one hand at the moment because I have the other one underneath a, I was going to say a beautiful pussy, but that's a shame that that's the wrong type. Um, yeah, so hold on. This doesn't give too much away. So this, if the TV can see, if you're on the podcast, if you're listening, you can't see this, but if you're watching, you might be able to. If, if you are so on it just the podcast looks like and you want to uh, see what's happening, then you can come and subscribe to our Patreon. Um, and if you pay, I think I th and you can watch me gurn. At the <laughs> I 
think it's the middle tier or up. The very very basic tier, you just get a newsletter, which is great. But, you know, if you want to see us, then it's the middle tier up. And all of that money then goes into the productions that we make. So, um, yeah, that, that you'll be helping the arts if you do that. I Sorry, really would be. And please help. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it looks like this. It's, it's essentially I use tables in, in Word. And, oh, God. And... I'm being kicked in the groin at the moment. You're going to get a running commentary of what my cat is doing. So on this one, I've got, so I'll just talk it through. Uh, it's a character dossier. So on the first page, you can hear me sound effects there. Um, I've got basic information, which is things like name, age, gender. Um, I've put gender, sex and gender type. So um that we can be very you know because i like to be as inclusive as i can so we've got gender which i've got female male non-binary sex afab or amab afab stands for assigned female at birth amab is assigned male at birth and then i've got asexual no agendered intersex that's the word intersex sorry <laughs> i am so sorry my brain is not here today and then it's one of those days i've got isn't it? It's, uh, exactly just, cisgendered and tr transgender just so, so that you know on in in the we've this is the first day back from a bank holiday for us and yes. i i i don't know but you know i'm completely uh my head is in a completely wrong space to do anything today it's i think well again i don't know whether it's relevant to put on here but we just got defrauded for seven thousand pounds yeah that, well. that wasn't, so that wasn't our good. heads are a little bit up our bums today because we're, we're still reeling for that because it only happened on friday didn't yeah it, it did it did although you know waiting. what i'm not worried about that at all because Come i'm on. confident that the right thing will happen oh, it's yeah i'm confident know. we'll get our money back it's still stressful in the pro i'm just worried sure <laughs> Uh, it's more that thing of yay because we need more things um <laughs> to stress us out yeah and, and more than anything else it's the time it takes us away from doing other stuff because mm. just you know some of the stuff that we're doing could take half an hour but it's half an hour that you really need to have completely concentrating on the thing and if yeah. you're taken away in the middle of that then it's no good and you have to start again and then you start again it's another half hour yeah. to, to to do the thing so yeah it, it's and it's all yeah, the, the, difficult it, it's but. it's the um it's the fact that they attacked oh no not, yeah my yeah. anger will start coming out of these people so who... we've, we've had that i've had a very disappointing launch last week yeah. which means that i can't do what i wanted to which is really annoying because i need to spend more time do, making money as opposed to to these lovely projects which are much more fun and and, and interesting so yeah it's it's, so a, pay it's us an odd money day and then so. he doesn't have to go and do other <laughs> things to make money so yeah like prostitute himself out you know he's on the street corners and, every night and that's difficult for hard a work. for a fat man in gloucester <laughs> I mean, we've got a docks, but there aren't many boats there. I'd, you know. <laughs> I think I've broken Tash. That's... You didn't. Oh, dear. It doesn't help that I have a very adorable cat making shapes on my lap going, <laughs> going to cute aggression, mother, I dare you. Um, all right, back onto this, sorry. So research, so, yes, research, you've got this thing. This thing that I fill out. So Had a little detour. Uh, 
So, yes, we had a little detour. So I've got then, so I put in things like cultural details, birthplace, current location, because that affects who you are and how you speak. Sure. Um, sure. Cultural details, occupation, income, religion, uh, politics and social status. Now, with our religion, we we use made up religions that are very specific to our yeah. um, show. So we don't offend anyone. Um, and then I've got a few basic physical details. Um, with a few free boxes. So I've got things like height, build, fitness, blah, 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 dominant hand. These are important for things like motives. So if I've got somebody who I know is a uh, victim who I've put strength excellent and the killer strength poor, then that tells me how they're going to kill the person. <laughs> sure. You know, sure. Um and moderate eyesight, that will tell me about witness statements, how accurate they are. And then I put unique physical features, which is free box and stuff like that. So I've got mental health as well included. So we look at things like, you know, what's their mental health like? Do they mm. have mm. Um, any mental health conditions? Um, medication and medication side effects. Then I go into a very brief history of, of education, um, talking about the key things that they would have needed for the job, lifestyle. Again, I put in what is relevant to my stories sure, rather than, sure. you know, so I, I only go into things, I put favorite color and, and collections and stuff. Um, Cause sometimes they can give you ideas in terms of storylines, um, habits, hobbies and accommodation habits are important because that, that could be a clue sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if you've got two smokers, one smokes roll-ups, one smokes, right. Whatever made up. I've called a, a brand, the Diath brand of cigarettes. <laughs> Um, the Diath brand, of, the, yeah, this is the one that I'm reading, actually. It's the Diath brand of cigarettes. So if, let's say, the detective walks in and finds roll-ups, well, that's a clue, you know. Um, and then it goes on to things like family relations, because that's important. You know, that could come up with a whole load of storylines for later on down the line where we could really drill close into into characters. Um, what relationships they have with their parents is going to then also, and their children is going to affect mm -hmm. who they are and how they behave now. Because everything, so one of the fourth lenses, we're talking about lenses through which we view people, one of the lenses in terms of behavior is is people are reasons so everything that you do has a reason behind it so any behavior and there's something like every human one of the statistics is that every human goes through at least five traumas whether it be little t's or big t trauma um every year every wow. single year every person that's a lot every single person and you don't realize it no. and then when i because yeah. when i heard that i was like oh my god yeah you do yeah you do easily Think about it. Moving house is traumatic. Changing job is traumatic. Well, getting married is traumatic. Yeah, getting, yeah, it's, it's traumatic. <laughs> getting a divorce is traumatic. Life, getting in a car life accident. is just traumatic. I trauma. Think it yeah. is trauma. And that's, the whole globe's just been through a two-year one That's as well, more so than one like, every three months. Mm -hmm. That's quite... That's quite significant. It is quite significant, and yeah. Every time you have a trauma, you have a trauma, trauma coping mechanism that, that creates and it changes the way your brain pathways work and the way you think and the way you behave and the way you react. Mm. So everything you do is essentially, learn, you know, is, is, is in response to how life has treated you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you look at people as reasons, if you see someone who gets really triggered by the cashier who says no to them, well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to give them empathy for being a dick to the cashier, but, it's, but you, yes, it means exactly. It's, you can see that there's, you know, um, uh, yes, there is something that has caused that. It's not just 
the, they're not just do, doing it yeah, for the, shits and giggles. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. unless they're a psychopath, in which case they probably will. <laughs> but it's, you know, you're talking about like everybody has a reason for doing things. And for me, in terms of psychology, my own mental health is I always go, well, if I'm triggered by something, there has to be a reason for that behavior. So I will dig and dig and dig until I find, find the reason. Yeah, yeah. Try and find out what it is and heal whatever wound that is. Mm. Then my behavior stops. The behavior is no longer needed to keep me safe. So, so for me, that's so with, my. Tr- with this stuff, you're doing that for sort of every um, every, every character that you've got. Now, I know other yeah. people might not want to go that far into it, or might have other things that they want to do. There are some websites that I wanted to mention that are ah, yeah. uh, that that will help you do this. Yes. Um, one of the ones that we looked at actually uh, is World Anvil, which looks pretty good and gives you a lot of, of different options uh, for how you put your story together. And, you know, this is just as uh, as prevalent if you're doing um, something like uh, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign as it is if you're writing a novel or, you know, you, you put yeah. all the everything goes together exactly the same way. But there's other ones as well. There's there's Canker and Wordscribe and Campfire, and they all do pretty much the same thing. Um, yes. A lot of novelists uh, use uh, Scrivener. Now, I know Tasha's tried Scrivener. It wasn't for her. I've used yeah. Scrivener in the past, and, and I... I like it, but you very much have to take control of what you're doing. And in fact, there's YouTube channels full of tutorials about how to set Scrivener up for you, you know, however you want to do it. So if that's something that you want to dive into, then you've got those options. But Oh, I would get lost down that rabbit hole. I know. Yes, you would. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I would never get any work done. Um, but but if you want, and I know that one thing that we've talked about, and I think it's something that we'll probably do later on, is to maybe publish the uh, character sheets that you've got, so yes. that we're maybe a simplified version yeah. of them because yeah. a lot of the stuff I use. So when I go on to things like um, personality map, so like the personality and psychological map, I'm talking about negative traits, but you know, attitudes, core wounds. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, and 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 personality traits and certain things yep. like that. So things that maybe people wouldn't necessarily understand, but um, or you know, have that have that uh, back knowledge or the research behind them. Um, but maybe a simplified version is absolutely definitely. Yeah. Um, or another another thing in terms of research for me is is I'm I'm a big stickler for accuracy. I'm an accuracy pedant, right. so. You've discovered this one. Um, <laughs> if it's not accurate, it will bother me and I will look it up. Um, yes. You know, I am that annoying reader that if you put anything inaccurate in your book, I will find it <laughs> and it will annoy me. Um, so when it comes to the laws, if I can't make the law, it make my work fit into the law, we make up new ones for our world. <laughs> that is the benefit will... of having your own world. You can pretty much do what you want. Yes. Um, it's also because I, again, you know, episode one of, of mine, I have a, I don't want to go too far into it because that's, that's in part the solution. Uh, but there is a specific thing that happens in mind that, that if you just read it on face value, you go, actually, no, that doesn't work like that. But if you find out more about it, then, then you'll about realize the why world it's that we live in. not just the world. There, there is something specific that, that is, is, yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> someone just forgot she had pins oh dear yes i'm i'm playing with her beans that's why her little feet beans my my cat feet beans little little poor beans and she forgot and went like that and it's like oh that was my finger i i need those i need those baby 
Yes. Boop. Um, so this is sort of conclusion to what we're what we've been yes. talking about. Chunting about yeah. research. I think you need to do it. I think there's loads of yes. places where you can go to get information. Wikipedia is as good as any for a lot of things. Although if you wanted to do deep dives... I was going to say, not for accuracy. Oh. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to do deep dives into stuff, then you'll realise that there's a bunch of stuff on there that is wrong. But when you get yeah. something like, you know, the scientific stuff on there is relatively accurate. Uh, the historical stuff on there is relatively accurate. So if you just need a kind of a tangential look at something, then you can go onto there and you can find, you you will find what you what you need. Uh, if it's like a, a date for something, that'll probably be right. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, there's there's all sorts of, especially now, there's all sorts of guides to sort of mythology and stuff. So if you're writing something based on um, myths and legends, and the information is out there and it will be on the internet somewhere, uh, fairly okay. easily accessible as well. Uh, it's worth if you're looking. Sorry, if no, you're no, looking up sci scientific or, or psychological or um, things when it comes to things like deception detection and stuff like that. Be very, very careful because ninety percent of the stuff on the internet is bullshit. <laughs> um, it's just, yes. it just is. Yeah. Um, go for like the academic stuff. Um, I've got proper academic books on forensic psychology and things like that written by people who are, you know, like neuroscientists and yeah. stuff. I've got books on neuroscience and neuro neuropsychology. Um, be very, very careful because this is what I mean when it, when I talk about sort of the more you learn about deception detection, the more you learn that very few people actually know what it looks like. And, one of the things when I say to people, oh, I'm I'm pretty good at telling when people are lying, they will try and test me on it and they right. will try and pretend to lie. And I can always tell when they're doing it as well because they've Googled it and they've they use the, the BS terms on, on Google. Google. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that is a you Googled that, didn't you? <laughs> like, that's just but, obvious that you're trying to lie to me. I'm not even going to play your game. But I mean, um, don't don't think for one second that you know when you hit, when you see something on Criminal Minds or something like that that the the psychological stuff that they've done with very few exceptions is no different from the stuff that's on Wikipedia. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, any exactly. writer somewhere has gone. We need X thing for a plot. Let's it, go out and find something. You know, it depends on the. It depends on the. Um, again, it depends on the on the show. I mean, yes, uh, some are very good. criminal I'll, minds. I'll I mean, when it comes to the actual uh, criminology, like terminology, the people they, they don't call them perps. There's loads of stuff in there that's bullshit. But a lot of the behavioral science um, is based on accurate information. Mm. One that's really good is is Lie to Me because that is ba uh, Paul Ekman uh, was the advisor on the show. Yeah. Um. So while some of it is sensationalized and over egged a little bit, um. It's it, you know it they, it is as accurate as any TV show is going to be. I did like and, Lie to Me actually. I thought it was very I well, very well put together. Yeah, very good. But uh, if you really are interested in that stuff, get Paul Ekman's book um, of the same name, like uh, Telling Lies. I think it's called or Lie to Me, and it's it's a fascinating book. Um, but it will give you more accurate information on it um, because this is the thing: the majority of behavioural cues are circumstantial and it entirely depends on the circumstances the context that that mm, they are in mm. um to how you would read them and it, there's so much involved in it 
um, the more you know, the, or the more you learn, the more you realise you know nothing. <laughs> John Snow, yeah, you know nothing, um, <laughs> but, and you kind of go, the, "Oh my god!" This is that is the great problem with with with, with everything. As a writer, you can't know everything, and uh, it, I think I it, in many respects, it's best better to know the stuff that you don't know, mm. so that you don't try and go down that path. And then, yes. then you focus on the stuff that you do know that you can do that is more authentic. Because I think that, that ultimately, the thing that that uh, having a good amount of research brings is a is an, a more authentic script. Yeah, and I think uh, was it Stephen King? One of his, I think, on writing, he said every piece of fiction must have. Um, must be based in on fact everything and even Paul Paul Ekman says it you know a good lie is based in fact um the more accuracy that you can put in these yeah. in these these works of fiction the more believable it is especially if it's like if you're writing a sci-fi if you can stick it within the laws of physics or yeah. you can make it work within yeah. our current laws of physics mm. it, it, some of the most unbelievable things become believable like marvel superheroes people can't fly but because the they they manipulate reality and, and what's actually accurate sure. in order to be able to create these things that are just would never happen ever. <laughs> oh, it's like, yes, um, Iron Man, if you look at what Iron Man can do, he'd have to have both of his arms and legs amputated to be able to, you know, produce things from his body or, yes. you, you know, it's just not, it, it's not feasible but it's yeah, feasible it within the world watching superhero <laughs> programs it's, these things used to bother me i'm like but people can't fly it's against the laws of physics it's, it's feasible <laughs> within the world that you set out and that's what really what the important thing is as long as yes. that is internally consistent as well mm. uh, that's that's another that is issue. a big one but that perhaps is an, uh, an issue for uh, a different day because we have come to the end yeah. of oh, the... Oh, this is such a big subject. It is though, a it? massive subject. Um, I could talk about this for hours. I mean, I could talk about anything for hours, but <laughs> this particular one. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> research. Research is good, but don't do it if you don't feel that it's right for you. Um, yes. Uh, and do what you need and then, you know, do as much as you need. Yes. And make sure that you've um, you've got a good grasp of stuff before you write it, even though... 90% of the time you don't need it, but it's it's good to have there. Uh, anyway, that's it for this thing. Uh, if you want to find out more and find the show notes and everything, go to murderingapodcast.com. Please, of course, do leave uh, a review if you can and give us uh, some some stars because that'd be... Give us your money. Give us your, give money. us your money. Give us all of your money. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs> That was Murdering a Podcast, and if you'd like to find out more information about the podcast, the Mystery Lounge, or anything mentioned in the show, please head over to murderingapodcast.com. The music was The Secret of Tiki Island by Kevin MacLeod, and the producer was Steve Meller. Until next time, thanks for listening.